peaceful times, what is a samurai's place in the world? Well, it turns out there are still monsters who need to be dealt with. It's a Baker's Dozen versus 200 in episode 64, 13 Assassins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro, a Japanese film club podcast, or your Japanese film club podcast, depending on if you want to use the possessive or not. I'm Alex, your host for this episode. And with me, as always, RV. Hi, Alex. AV. And Joey. Hello, Alex, AV, <laughs> and listeners. <laughs> So everybody, we're uh, we're gonna be talking today about uh, Thirteen Assassins. Uh, Thirteen Assassins, a, a Takashi Miike movie, one of our uh, another Miike outing. Um, in my opinion, one of his more f- uh, fun fun films. Uh, this is uh this is actually a remake and uh, not a remake of Seven Samurai as uh, <laughs> I once believed, and mm-hmm. how uh, and how many people also believe. I think David Carter on our last episode even mentioned uh, at the end of it he he mentioned that uh, when he saw this he and a friend were arguing which is a better movie this or Seven Samurai. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that uh, I, it's nice to surmise that these are completely different movies, although they are very similar. And we'll yeah, there's a lot that. of parallels that could be mm-hmm. drawn for sure. Yeah, uh, but this is a remake uh, from a. Uh, this is a remake of a Aichi uh, Kudo film uh, from 1963. Uh, it's uh, you know, very uh, similar to. To the remake, uh, in terms of you know plot, it's not uh, nothing has really been changed too much except for a few names here or there. Uh, and this movie is not scored by uh, Akira Ifukube, uh, mm. unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, the older one is. Uh, so I guess that's another reason to check out the older one at some point. Uh, but this is a movie uh, directed by Takashi Miike, uh, who, who we've um, we've talked about before, and. Uh, uh, have have either of you seen this movie before uh, before this particular episode? I had not. Uh, um, it's something that like has been on my list to watch forever. Like I think the first time I saw this, it was um, I was trying to decide at the uh, the video store in Athens whether to rent like this or Versus, and I rented Versus, mm-hmm. and just put this on the back burner indefinitely and uh never watched it so i'm very glad i finally got a reason to yeah uh how about you joey have you seen this movie i have i i saw it once um i think i i missed it in like it had a short theatrical run and i remember it being at our like local art theater and being like hey that looks cool and then missing it um and so i think shortly after it hit home video and i rented it um yeah, so I'd, I'd seen it once before, but it's it's been a while. Yeah, uh, I saw it when it hit video, I guess. Um, around the time it hit theaters, a friend of mine kept gushing about this movie, being like, oh man, it's amazing, it's so good. Uh, this is a friend of mine who who loves Mikkei, uh, really loves him, uh, will watch anything he does, um, and 
praises movies like Visitor Q, which I don't think are very great. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I happen to like this movie a whole lot. Um, uh, we can get right into it. We've discussed Mike before, but uh, a little bit of a primer. Mike has has uh, directed over 100 films at this point in time. Uh, he really pumps them out. And uh, in my personal experience, uh, he tends to lean towards the grotesque. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, whenever I watch a movie by Takashi Miike, I kind of brace myself for the worst, I guess, in terms <laughs> of uh, visual stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's generally the reputation that I have given Takashi Miike. Uh, this movie's got a crap ton of people in it. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a very large cast. So, um, I'm going to talk very selectively about, uh, who we've got on this, on this roster, starting with Koji Yaksho, who plays, uh, uh, Shimura, uh, Shinzaimon. Uh, and, uh, he's a Toho Yaro alum. He was in Tempopo as the man in the white suit. Hmm. I oh, didn't. Yeah. I didn't recognize him at all. Uh, no, <laughs> that's very different. Yes. Uh, kind of character. Yes, we've talked about him before, I believe, because he's also in Shall We Dance. Um, plays uh, Shohei Sugiyama in that, um, and he's he's got a pretty robust uh, contemporary film film uh, filmography just by looking at it. Um, I thought he was quite good in this. Um, yeah, he was great. Yeah, really. Uh, like it's it's funny when you compare him to the man in the white suit, who you know you don't we don't see very often, uh, and mm-hmm. when we do, it's 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 you know uh, he definitely makes an impression, but didn't leave a lasting uh, leading man vibe. Uh, <laughs> no, that's like a bit part. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in a movie called Kamikaze Tax. Taxi, which I, uh, just based on the, based on the title alone, <laughs> I think I want to see, um, uh, next up, uh, playing Shimara, uh, Shin Rokuro, uh, is Takeyuki Yamada. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's also, a he, very, uh, contemporary, um, very contemporary, uh, filmography here. Uh, he is a young, a young, a younger actor, uh, yeah, I, I know him as the star of uh, the hero Yoshihiko, which is a very funny uh, TV comedy series that's like a parody of RPGs, specifically Dragon Quest. Oh, awesome. Um, and he has this very like he he plays the hero. So he's this very kind of bland, kind of dumb, boring guy. Uh, and so he has a very kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, uh I don't know, like stone <laughs> comedic uh, kind of bland persona, but it's very funny. Um, and he's yeah, he's been in a lot of uh, stuff kind of comedic and and serious as well. Um, but that's that's where I recognize him from. Is that a live action? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's great. They like make the the monsters are all the same. The Dragon Quest monsters, but they're like made out of paper mache and they're really crappy looking. <laughs> it's very funny. If you've ever seen the like picture set of the thief talking about how poisonous his knife is and then he licks it and dies. Uh, yeah, that's from that. Oh, yep. wow. Okay. I have sent that video to Grant many a times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That that show outside of it being uh, a Dragon Quest parody is actually very, very funny, even without the parody elements. Like that's probably the most kind of like 
low hanging fruit, but then the stuff like that, where it plays on all sorts of fantasy tropes and, and stuff is, is very, very funny. So I recommend folks uh, seek it out. They could probably find episodes subtitled here and there. Uh, that's really great. Um, I, uh, I did not know where that, uh, that was from. So I'm, I'm really excited to check this out now. Uh, yeah. Um, apparently he's in the Bakuman live action movie as well. Mm. Uh, playing, uh, Hattori, uh, and, um, uh, and the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable film as Angelo. <laughs> oh yeah. Another yeah. Mike movie. Yep. That I've been meaning to see. Yeah. His, his film debut was in the cat returns, uh, as, uh, Lune, the voice of, Lune. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's pretty great in this. I would, I would, I would, it's, I wouldn't say it's a stretch to say that he is like, uh, close to being a main character of this movie. Yeah. We follow, we follow his journey just as much as we do his uncles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, next, next up is, uh, Yusuke Isaya, who, uh, uh, plays Koyata, uh, uh, Kiga. And uh, he's basically the uh, Toshiro Mufune uh, uh, analog here. Definitely. If, if, if this is one of the, uh, he, his character is one of the reasons that I thought it was a remake of Seven Samurai. Um, yeah, another another younger fellow. Uh, he's He's been in a lot of contemporary stuff ranging from, uh, <laughs> I'm basically just looking at his, uh, his Asian wiki uh, entry, and uh, I could say like, oh, he's 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 been in roles such as coffee shop guy and harmful insect, <laughs> uh, to Morita in the Honey and Clover live action, uh, to uh, to uh, he's also in the JoJo movie as jo- Jotaro. Yeah, he is yeah. Jotaro. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that. uh, he's he's very lively. So I I I would uh I I would definitely be up for for watching that one at some point. Uh, have you seen those, the live action JoJo's? I no, I have a, a sort of stupid story about that. I, I in Toronto several years ago in a in this like Asian mall, uh, there was a place selling bootleg DVDs for like a dollar, <laughs> and there was a bootleg DVD of of that, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to see that, and I want to buy something here for a dollar just because for the novelty of buying a super cheap knockoff like burned dvd that somebody's <laughs> selling and i bought it and i think that it's that sort of like low investment <laughs> problem where i just ha- never bothered to see it and since then an official version is out and i keep kind of being like oh, i should just get that instead or rent it or something like that but uh yeah i never gotten around to seeing it that's funny yeah um he's been a lot of Live action anime adaptations looks like uh, he's also in Sukiyaki Western Django, which uh, I've got on my list at some point for us to watch. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a weird one. Yeah, as well as uh, he is Kashern. Um, oh, so <laughs> uh, so we go the live action version. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, playing Kurunaga is Hiroki Matsukata. This guy's a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I should just give this away to you, Joey, since. Uh, Oh, sure. I, you know, he's, he, we talked about him in the battles without honor and humanity episode. So he's, he's a big, uh, Yakuza actor, um, and known for doing this sort of like, uh, battles type, uh, violent Yakuza movies. He kind of, um, I recently learned that while, um, 
um, Bunta Suguara ended up being more occupied with uh, Trakiaro for five years and kind of was withdrawing somewhat from doing uh, Yakuza movies that kind of led to Matsukata starring in a bunch. Um, but uh, he's also in a ton of old like Jidaigeki like um, you know, kind of wholesome <laughs> samurai and Yakuza movies uh, a bit older than that. So I actually looked up to see if he was in the original 13 Assassins because I totally could have <laughs> seen him being in that, but he he is not, alas. No, uh, um, during well, during uh, the year that movie was released, he was in Jirocho Sang- uh, Sangokuchi. Yes. Uh, that's the, uh, and that's the, I believe that's the uh, series that Oda, Oda really enjoys, right? Yeah, the Kingdom of Jirocho, but he's in the um, the 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 sixties Toei ones. Uh, Oda uh, H R Oda um, did illustrations for uh, the Daie or Toho. I don't remember some some other uh, studios um, version of those stories. But uh, yeah, he's one of the main characters in that. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Matsukata also appears to be in a lot of Mikkei films as well. Uh, he's an Izo, which I don't recommend anybody watch, and Ichi. Uh, so, um, it looks like he's in a movie called <laughs> right after 13 Assassins, he's in a movie called Ninja Kids with three exclamation points. Uh, <laughs> playing a character named Haposai Hieta, uh, which I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, uh, it just, it, it evokes uh, memories of watching Three Ninjas. I don't know if you ever, if you all ever watched that oh, yeah. run up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not sure if it holds up, but one of my favorites, Ninja Kids. Oh boy! Um, all right, uh, Goro Inagaki. We've talked about him before. He plays uh, Narisugu uh, Matsudaira, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. We've definitely talked about him, right? Goro I'm Inagaki. Not sure. I feel like we have just because that, that name sounds familiar. Goro I guess we have. Look at looking at his. His, uh, his filmography, I don't know if we have talked about him, actually. Whoops. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything well, that he uh, was he's in. He's in a lot of TV dramas, it looks like, for mm. uh, another contemporary younger guy. Um, he rules in this, by the way. Uh, he actually got uh, got some awards for this movie. Um, at the uh, 23rd Nikon Sports Film Awards and the 65th Annual uh, Mainichi Film Awards, he won Best Supporting Actor for this movie. Oh, hmm. So, uh, uh, way to go. Yeah, yeah, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Tsuyoshi Ihara. Uh, he plays Hirayama, the, uh, the pupil of, uh, the old pupil of Shinzaimon. Uh, I thought he was awesome in this movie, so I wanted to talk about him a little bit. <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of TV dramas ranging from the nineties to today. Uh, he's in Sushi King Goes to New York, a movie that I have uh, thought about uh, put added to our list just by title alone. Uh, he's also in Letters from Iwo Jima, uh, a movie oh, yeah. that I saw with um, four of my friends uh, in a packed theater of eight. And uh, as we were watching the movie, uh, the other four people left. So, oh. <laughs> ouch. Yeah. Uh, don't know what to say about that. Maybe just old people don't like watching movies with subtitles. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Arata Furuta. I like this guy. Um, he plays uh, Heizo Sahara, the uh, the the guy who uh, demands 
to be paid 20 Rio for, uh, <clears throat> Oh yeah. That guy was great. Yeah. I, I really loved his character. Um, so I wanted to put him on here. Um, one of his first film roles is in my neighbor, my neighbors, the Yamadas. Nice. Um, but he's also in zebra man. I believe that's on our list, right? Or uh, it might be, isn't that another Mike? I think it is. Yeah. I think um, that's one of his like superhero, but maybe kind of dark superhero things. Yeah. Oh boy. He plays Nami Oharu in the, uh, in the uh, 20th century boys, uh, <laughs> movies. Yeah. The 20th century boys, a, a favorite, a Toho Yaro favorite <laughs> for this segment, because, uh, yep. if you find a big enough cast, uh, they're going to be in that. <laughs> it's true. Um, and I could definitely see him playing, uh, Namio. Uh, that's, I, I, I haven't seen these movies. Apparently, you know, you, you say that they're bad, but I got, I, the, I, the more we go over casting, the more I want to watch them because the casting does sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just one to one, once I finish uh, Twin Century Boys, then I'll I'll give it a go. Um, but he's in Shin Godzilla as well as the National Police Agency Commissioner General, who doesn't have an actual name but just a title. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. I, I believe you know. I think Shin Godzilla is another one of those movies where uh, if you have contemporary actors, they're going to show up in it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, big who's um, who. Yeah, and they'll have a long uh, <laughs> title like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Seaside Motel, Tokyo Friends, the movie, Too Young to Die, Nobunaga Concerto, uh, Space Pirate Harlock. Uh, yeah, he's got a got a pretty interesting, interesting career. Uh, TV drama actor as well. Uh, and I have one more person on my list that I wanted to mention. Uh, Masachika Ichimura, who plays Hanbei. Uh you know, given his stature in the movie, I thought that he would be, uh, you know, one of the older, older vets, but you know, I guess that's just, uh, you know, he's one of those actors who ended up, uh, getting into acting later on in his life. And that's, that's mm. pretty cool. Uh, his first film was in 2004, the hotel Venus 13 assassins is his actual third, third credited feature film. So I, I, uh, he also plays, uh, he was also in the young blackjack TV movie. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, nothing that I've heard of. Um, but I'll throw a couple out there in case y'all have these, uh, the stand in thief, uh, Moyo Ken, uh, the Kodai family, Giovanni's Island, the floating castle for love's sake, uh, a ghost of a chance. These all sound like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I see. I'm looking at his, his credits now. I see he's in both of the Thermai Rome movies, so that folks might know those. Those are the 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 bathhouse, the Grecian bathhouse time travel movies. The <laughs> <laughs> Roman Roman bathhouse, right? It's like the, the, the Roman version of Hot Tub Time Machine. Is that yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of. It's, I've read the manga of those, but I haven't watched the movies. But I understand yeah. they're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I've heard the manga's anyway, good. The, this this uh, I could have probably done more research as to who else is in this movie, but there's so many people, so many principal characters. So let's just get into the synopsis, which I'm going to hopefully be pretty brief on since this movie doesn't have a whole lot to it. Um, basically, the first hour of the movie is a getting the gang together uh, slash, uh, you know, um, preparation for the big final battle. And then the last, the whole last hour of the movie is the final battle. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's it's it's a pretty cut and dry movie. Um, 
as far as rewatching it goes, I'm probably, I, I, I would love to just rewatch the last hour of this movie over and over. It's really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I will, I will read, uh, from, I, I actually trans, uh, transcripted all of the, um, the opening narration. I, I this movie opens with a, uh, a, a Akira Kurosawa style, uh, trans, uh, a, a transcription of a narration versus somebody actually narrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have a bunch of words on the screen for a while, uh, as feudal Japan enjoys peace, the samurai era is waning, but this fragile calm is threatened by the growing power of Lord Narisugu, the Shogun's sadistic younger brother. Sir Doi realizes that Narisugu will ruin the Shogunate if he gains higher political standing. As Narisugu's evil deeds are hushed up, Sir Doi begins to act. So Sir Doi, I believe, is uh, you know he's he's uh, a member of the uh, of the Shogun's uh, Council, uh, and he's basically like, oh, we gotta get this guy out of here. Um, and w- over the course of uh, the first twenty minutes, we're introduced to Narisugu himself, who. Uh, what can I say other than a spoiled, bored sadist? Uh, we see a few examples of his ruthlessness, um, uh, as uh, as told by Yuki Makino, um, as he uh, recruits uh, a fishing Shinzaimon. Uh, and uh, Shinzaimon, of course, um, uh, accepts this this task to kill this man uh stating that um you know finally i can die a warrior's death Uh, over the course of the first hour he assembles a crack team uh of uh of swordsmen uh Mm -hmm. samurai i guess you could say uh hiriyama his pupil um uh his nephew uh shinrokuro uh, I don't remember how Kuranaga gets gets into it, but he is basically the uh, he brings in uh, Kuranaga brings in uh, five uh, five men Mitsuhashi, or I'm sorry Mitsuhashi, not to be confused with Mitsuhashi, um, Atake, Hiyoki, Higuchi, and Hori. Um, there is a a, a a samurai named Ishizuka who is also there, uh, and uh, they also. Uh, bring in Oguro, uh, who is Hiryama's lone pupil, as well as Sahara, who uh, is um, partially in it for the money. And uh, in a really great scene where they ask him what he's going to do with the money, he uh, he tells them exactly what he's going to do with every single every <laughs> yeah, single penny. Yeah, gives them an itemized report. <laughs> yeah, really great. Um, I really love this guy. Uh, I will say this over and over. Uh, so the, the goal of course is to intercept, uh, Naisugu's men before they get into, uh, before they get into, I guess, uh, uh, legal waters, so to speak. Once they, once they reach a certain point, uh, it won't be legal to kill them basically. Um, the, uh, the other person standing in their way, of course, is, is Hanbei, a old rival of uh, Shizaimon, who, uh, who finds out about this plot and uh, attempts to thwart them uh, a few mm-hmm. times. But not that it matters. Um, as, they, as they roam along, they meet, uh, a, a, well, they, they rescue a wild thief in the woods by the name of Kiga. Uh, who is the, uh, he basically is the, if this is Seven Samurai, he is Toshiro Mifune's character. 
uh, he's very wild and uh, kind of spits on samurai as opposed to wanting to be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would say that the the seven samurai analogs are subverted a little bit. Uh, you could say that uh, that the Takashi Shimura character is Sazaiman, however, uh, they're uh, as opposed to uh, Shimura's character who is now a ronin and left without a master and, and now has to figure out how to live his life. Uh, Shinzaimon is, is very much a like, Oh, well this guy's, this guy's bad. So, you know, now I have to, I have to throw away the samurai life and, and, uh, yeah, this made me curious to look into kind of the history behind the first film. Yeah. And see if it was um, trying to build on, you know, the good graces of Seven Samurai or like we can do something similar to that. Or if this is an old uh, story that maybe even influenced Seven Samurai to begin with or, or something like that, because it, it does seem like, uh, you know, beyond coincidental that that they have so much uh in common yeah i kind of did not do that research yeah no (laughs) nor did i nor did i because you know what this is the remake and whenever we cover the original 13 assassins then then and only then will we do the (laughs) the the great research uh um but uh yeah they they meet kiga and eventually they uh they they happen upon a town uh, I believe it's called Ochi, Ochihai, which they then turn into their base uh, of operations, and uh, and this is a uh, this is a town that's sort of en route to uh, to where where uh, our villains are headed, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, they kind of they booby trap up the place, really, uh, yeah. resulting in a in a in a wonderful battle. Uh, he's 13 assassins versus uh, Naritsugi and his 200 men. And uh, eventually they all, they all die with the, yeah. with the exception of Shinzaimon uh, at the end. And, uh, and Shinrokuro, they both face off against Hanbei and, uh, uh, and Naritsugi, um, Naritsugi, sorry. Uh, and, uh, they win the day. Uh, Shinzaimon dies uh, while while uh, uh, while battling one on one with uh, with Narisugu. Um, Shinrokuro, of course, is the last one left standing. Uh, well, Kiga is also left standing after mm-hmm. suffering a mortal wound. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, asks him what he's going to do, and then uh, Shinrokuro says, "I'm well. I I'm going to stop being a samurai. I'm going to start being a bandit. In fact, I'll be the king of all bandits, and then I'll." go to America and have sex with lots of women and uh, living the dream. That's right. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. And then the movie's right. over. Like, <laughs> except he doesn't, he leaves his wife, but that's, that's neither here nor there because it's not important. Uh, anyway, they win the day. It's great. Um, that's basically, Although I think it's implied that he does return to his wife. Yeah. At, at the very end. Yes. Right? Okay. I, I, I guess so. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's 13 assassins. That's the movie. It's, uh, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, now let's talk about it. Uh, uh, V since, since this is your first viewing, uh, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Uh, this might be my favorite samurai movie. Um, I think, I still think that, um, seven samurai is a better film. 
Uh, and there's a lot more character stuff, but I just really like the action in this and it looks really good. And mm-hmm. I had so much fun watching it. I'm mad that I did not see it earlier. Yeah. Uh, very well put. Uh, Joey, your thoughts on this rewatch of 13 Assassins? Mm, uh, I'm going to be the voice of dissent here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this movie very much. Um, sorry to say. Um, and yeah, I tried to, I remember my, my vague memories of seeing it the first time. I kind of remember feeling conflicted, kind of mixed feelings about it. Frustrations with Mike in a lot of ways. Um, and I tried to go into this, uh, as open-minded as possible. Cause I've kind of turned around on Mike somewhat. Um, I really liked, uh, his most recent movie first love. And I liked, um, his, um, uh, what's it? The blade of the immortal movie pretty well. And, and I've found some other movies of his that I've liked pretty well. And, uh, but I just, um, it kind of comes down to two main factors for me. I think for my taste, it's too long and too cruel, you know, mm. Um, the, uh, the cruel stuff is especially in the beginning. Um, and it's that kind of thing that I understand the argument that you've got to show how bad the bad guy is to like really give the viewer the investment to want to, uh, to take him down. But it's just too much for me. It's just too sadistic. And it's like, it, it gets to a point and this is a big problem I have with Mika a lot of times where I feel like it's so like creative in how gross it is that it's supposed to make me think it's still kind of cool, you know, like, Oh yeah, he's bad, but like, this is kind of cool. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't think this is cool. Like I, I really, really hate the woman with their arms and legs chopped off. Mm-hmm. Um, how she's, how that's all treated. And I, you know, I, I just don't <clears throat> just kind of have an overall feeling of the movie, uh, in that aspect that I don't like. And then the second part with it being too long, <laughs> I just the 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 hour long battle is like is is grueling in a way that I don't like. Like it's I understand that like it's trying to communicate to you this sort of like war is hell message. Uh, but like I, I find the first like 20 minutes of it where they're like springing traps and stuff like pretty cool. But then there's that like 40 minutes of like guys roaring at each other in the mud you know and it's just like not it it just wears me down to the point where i just uh at at the end of it uh, i'm just not not digging it you know what i mean so i do agree uh, that it's i I just want to interject i do agree that it's uh too probably like half an hour too long uh, mm -hmm. at the least but i think that that sense of getting worn down by this and by the end of it everybody is just kind of like soaked in mud and exhausted like i i, I do think it's too i agree that's too long but i think it's to a point yeah no so this is why i'm not gonna say this is a bad movie i'm just gonna say that i don't like this movie <laughs> that's, you know, I, yeah, I just that's i think it's shot well i think it looks good um i still have some issues with like the way mike uh, treat some things that it will come off kind of dour or flat. Like some of the comedy moments, like didn't really work for me and stuff, but like 
I and I think there's great performances in it. Like we just ran down a really great cast of actors and even the people we didn't mention are great in it. So like, you know, it's got pluses for it. And there are were, were parts that I was more engaged than others. But I think my kind of overall takeaway from this is like pretty overall negative, I guess. Mm. Wow. A real, a real Siskel, Siskel and Ebert. Uh, <laughs> the two of you are, I have to say like, that's a, uh, I, I love, I love uh, being the tiebreaker here. If we're not going to call it a tiebreaker, we're, <laughs> we're three people with three varying opinions. Um, uh, I'm leaning more towards fee's opinion, but I, I do see your points, Joey. Uh, first I want, I do want to talk about, uh, how one of the most uncomfortable things about Mickey's films, apart from at least one really grotesque thing. And, and in this case, of course, it's the lady with the no limbs and then the tongue cut out. I remember that being particularly like, Oh God, like here it is. Like, there's the thing. I hope that the here comes the rest of the movie, but mm -hmm. luckily that's probably the worst thing. Uh, and they kind of get it right out of the way. Um, but one of the most uncomfortable things about his films that I've kind of noticed is the sound Foley. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like his sound Foley, even like when it's, when nothing in particular is, is gory, it makes it more gory. If that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah. A lot of squishy noises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He uses just very stark, stark, stark sound and pack practically no music. And all you hear is just this really, really loud, uh, Bane loud, uh, sound fully, uh, <laughs> where if somebody gets gutted, that's you hear it. You really do. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that it takes a little while to get going. Uh, but I, I unabashedly love the, love the last hour of the movie. Um, I love, uh, I really love the, uh, the, the fence, uh, situation that they've, mm -hmm. that they've done it. The first time you see it happens, it's like, Whoa, um, the bulls that are on fire that are running through the, Oh my God. The yeah. Streets. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. Like, uh, it, it's, I would say that it's, that it's sort of like the seven samurai battle on steroids, but the, um, the, 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 there's something that I, I noted about this particular movie and its action sequences, and especially comparing it to seven samurai. I think that the action is really easy to follow. Whoever's meant to be the focal point of the action is usually centered on screen. I noticed. Hmm. Um, so I like when, when our characters are getting their, uh, you know, getting their hits in, you know where they are in comparison to everybody else. And I guess it also helps that all the bad guys um, are wearing the same exact thing. Yeah. So that, that definitely helps. It's got some GI yeah. Joe appeal on that aspect. Yes. <laughs> also it's in color. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty easy to discern what's happening. Not that seven samurai is hard to follow, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes things can get a little muddy when you're in the mud. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this movie. The last hour of the movie is 100% what I want. Amazing creative action, fun sword fights, um, a one-on-one -on -one, uh, sword fight, two, two no less, um, and and a villain receiving the ultimate redemption. Like when he's writhing in pain and being like, oh my God, this is what pain feels like. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I To me, I was like, yes, this is, I, that, this is how I want to see a villain get his, like, especially after all the crap in the beginning of the movie. Oh, I felt that was hollow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like, even though he's like writhing in pain and talking about he, how he doesn't want to die, he is still just a complete sociopath. And it's oh, like, yeah. thank you for giving me an exciting day. I'm oh, just like, God. Oh, f screw you, you monster. Ah, crap. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> 
I wrote down that note as as they were as he was writhing in pain. So uh, yeah, yeah, and then he he says you're welcome. Like ah oh, boy, <laughs> sucks. Yeah, well either way, either way, it's fine. It's fine because it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to watch. I thought it was. I I think it's a fun movie to watch. Uh, in particular, I think that it could have used some some more levity. Uh, there are a couple scenes that do this. Um, I wrote down, uh, the, the pair of Higuchi and Hiyoki, uh, while, while the, I know some of these may as well be nameless samurai. Um, but as they're walking through the forest and, uh, Yoki has little leech on his neck. Uh, oh yeah, and, and he's like freaking out, and Higuchi's like, "Ah, looks like he made a couple friends." And then he's covered with leeches, and he starts freaking out. I I really love that scene a whole lot, and it gave it gave it some levity that it kind of needed. Like you, like Higa sort of um, sort of adds that I think to the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, like he he needs to be in the movie for sure. Um, but I I kind of wish that you got to see the other characters a little bit more. Uh, get to know them a little bit. Like that's where Seven Samurai really shines, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm sorry to just keep dumping on it, but no, I, no, no. I, I felt like the the characters were kind of underdeveloped as well, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. But you know, and, and every once in a while we would get a little bit with them, and that's why you know, um, you know, the uncle and his nephew, right? Those that's the relationship between those two. Um, yeah, yeah, they they're. The stand, uh, they're they are standout characters because I think they're the most uh, developed, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I happen, uh, yeah. They're like I, I'd say that like four or five of the characters I think are fleshed out as as archetypes, and then you have a couple of them that are just like, oh, here are some guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard when you have thirteen characters, and we're already complaining that the movie's too long. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. well, when when the lot of them are hired, uh, mm. Shin Zaimon says, "Don't worry, I will use your lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll make sure to use up your lives." Like it, it, it really, really uh, throws it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what their point is. They're myrmidons, basically. He's playing StarCraft, and he's just got <laughs> like a squad of Space Marines. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's so. not naming them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, before we get into our categories, uh, I, I do. Uh, there is a, a, a nifty bit of production info that I uh, that I saw on the Wikipedia. Uh, so, uh, um, the film entered production over a two month period, um, and uh, the filming of the action scenes took about three weeks. And uh, was met with minor weather-related difficulties. And, and compare mm-hmm. that, of course, to Seven Samurai, where it was raining in February the whole time. Um, uh, but in a separate interview, uh, Mike said that, uh, yeah, Mike said uh, that he strayed away from the use of CGI, uh, as well as planning the seeds via storyboarding, insisting on shooting scenes right away was the way to do this. Although, of course, some CG was used. Um, and it says over half of the 13 actors playing the assassins were reportedly inexperienced in sword fighting and horseback riding, and Mike wanted them to be that, explaining if the actors had been skilled from the beginning and had been in several samurai movies before, the way they approached the action would have been different. They probably would have ended up being something that they were doing to look cool or be beautiful or, or to fall into the trappings of the stereotypical form that they had. Um, I thought that was very interesting too, because uh, mm-hmm. there there are a couple deaths that you see that just flailing around, uh, not really dying, incredibly graceful looking deaths. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, before we get to the 
categories. I had some yeah. stuff I wanted to to talk about. Um, Please, I, I agree with a lot of Joey's criticisms. Uh, but the the thing about the um, the like how how gross this movie is and like mean, uh, I think my attitude towards that is a little lighter because I went in expecting a bunch of like Mm. guru and gore, uh, just like blood and guts everywhere. And it is a very bloody movie, but the thing that this most reminded me of is like, um, like seventies and eighties world war two movies Mm. where there's like a lot of like blood slicked people, but not a lot of like, extreme gore uh because yeah i was i was shocked during the opening harakiri when like we don't see what's going on which like makes it kind of harder to watch because we're just watching the dude's face and the disgusting foley as we talked about but um i did i did not like the limbless woman and i thought the way they presented her was just like I was like, here we go. That's Mike. Yeah. But aside from from that, he does show uh, uh, Naritsugu killing that family, which mm-hmm. is like, it's not graphic, but it is like pretty ghoulish. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but like it's none of it is on the level that I was expecting from Mike, mm-hmm. given the other things from him that I have seen. So yeah. I think because I had my expectations for that stuff so high, what we actually got uh, felt pretty like tame and commercial by comparison to me. Mm. I, I agree with you there. Uh, that scene particularly too, where he, where he kills the family. I, that I'm not going to say it, it needed that, uh, but I, I do feel like that scene is a perfect representation of this character. He's just sadistic and more than anything bored. Like he's just doing this because he's fucking bored. And this is how much of a piece of vis- piece of shit he is. Yeah, like it's, it's it's not even like I'm plucking wings off a butterfly kind of like sadistic. He's just straight up a serial killer with like all the power in the world. Yeah. Yep. And uh, everything he does gets swept under the rug because he is royalty. Um, the second thing I want to point out is, I guess, my video game fact for this is <laughs> I knew where the uh, the flaming bowls came from in Japanese history because they also show up as an enemy in Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Ah, nice. um, if you remember the uh, Huichi the Earless segment from Kaidan, where he's telling the story of the uh, Genpei War. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Minamoto side used flaming bowls in some famous battle against the uh, the Hike during that. Yeah, man, those flaming bowls, like you know, animal cruelty aside, like is such a great like image. Like it's 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 very striking and and weird. Yeah, it was, it was a big holy shit moment when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those th- that's where the CG was. <laughs> yeah. Those, and those like, are some there's CG a bowls. scene of like a sword going through someone like chopping their head off that was like CG, but I think for yeah, for the most part it was pretty Oh, and there was a CG horse. Yeah. Uh, I totally saw like fall into that uh off of that bridge when it got exploded. Mm. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that kind of like, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just kind of like it, it starts to age a little poorly. Yeah. No, I I get that. Yeah. But that that the bridge uh, exploding was another. Yeah. Like I said, that first like 20 minutes where they're kind of like setting off traps and things 
I found pretty engaging. Um, yeah, I like that stuff. I, I did think it was interesting that when we first see Shinzaimon, he is introduced fishing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's basically his tactics for battle, too. He's They were like, oh, well, we should uh, just go for it. And he's like, no, 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 we'll wait, because this is like fishing. And then, uh, and then he... Really, this is a movie about fishing, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Hanbei uh, points out that, like... Shinzaimon's not like the smartest or the best swordsman, but he's got a kind of patience that will just always win out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty great character to, to follow, I'd say at the very least. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll get onto our categories. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> favorite part, favorite part of the movie. Uh, I'll start with Joey. Because I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the part that I was the most engaged with is that sort of middle section where they're being guided through the woods um, by um, by the the mountain man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember what's his name. Kiga. 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 Yeah, by Kiga. I love like them finding him. I found that part uh, fun, and uh, I like. Uh, kind of the different trials of them moving through the woods. And then I love that it's capped off with that section of them, like smashing the logs on his head. Um, and he's like completely unfazed by it. <laughs> um, that's the part that like, I got like a huge belly laugh out of that. And I was like, Oh wow, this is the most like kind of like positive uh, gut reaction I had watching that movie. So like, yeah, I, I like that whole section. Uh, Cause I like that character a lot too. Mm. Uh, how about you, V? Uh, my favorite part is when Shinzaimon is standing on the uh, the closed gate and unveils the total massacre scroll. Mm. Uh, it's just like such a like that's that's the part of the movie where I got tingles being like, all right, now this is this is where it's all about to go down. Yeah, that was great. Let's see. I had a couple. Uh well, I, I, as far as the action sequences go, I really love Kurinaga calling out. Um, he sees uh, uh, Naritsugu and, and calls him out. And he, ah, boy, I completely forgot that he was in battles without honor and humanity. Um, but when he yells, he definitely sounds like big Mr. Yakuza guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really awesome. He has a really awesome call out. And I think his death fucking rules, too, later on, <laughs> where he's just being surrounded by flames and he's just smiling. Like, so cool, so cool, super badass, so, so cool, yeah. Um, uh, and I like the scene where uh, where where Sahara introduces himself mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, tells you know his itemized list basically of what he's going to use the money for. But um, but later on, he has a really fun callback to that where he says, "Boy, I'm really a like two hundred two hundred for me. I'm a bargain." Like uh, right before they're about to about to kill some dudes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, those are like those, those two are probably my favorite parts. Yeah. Think. They're good. Um, I guess it's time to, uh, we do Takashi Shima award next, right? I, either way. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, we do. Shall we dance next? Don't we? Uh, it's been so long since we record one of these, uh, shall we dance? Can this movie be remade in America? And should it? <laughs> mm. I mean, you'd have to just dismantle the samurai part and, you know, have it be 
a similar story about trying to take down, uh, you know, a local sadist in power, I guess, uh, by <laughs> taking over a small town. I don't know. <laughs> Turn it into a Western or a Star yeah, yeah. Wars. Yeah. I just don't know. Like the, there's so much like loyalty and submission to authority baked yeah. into the Bushido code that even if you said this in like feudal Europe, it's there, there are stories about the same kind of scenario going on in feudal Europe and they had no problem poisoning those kinds of troublesome people uh, because everyone wanted them out of the way. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it seems less like there would be that loyal retainer who is so kind of loyal to the system mm-hmm. that he wouldn't let what's best happen for his mm. continued station. Yeah, unless, totally. unless it's a Star War, uh, <laughs> I would say that like, okay, we're, we're in, in the, uh, we're in the era of, of Disney plus original programming, which mm-hmm. means Star Wars shows out the wazoo. Uh, <laughs> in particular, there was an episode of the Mandalorian, uh, this past season that was basically Yojimbo. Um, mm. and, uh, it, it also in terms of how it was filmed, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think that the nice thing about a made-up universe is that you can all always borrow, uh, you know, stuff like Bushido Code, and uh, and paste it on a, a character's uh, a character's ethos. Thirteen bounty hunters. <laughs> um, I would love that. <laughs> I'm I'm a big bounty hunter guy. Uh, yeah. All right, Takashi Shimmer Award. Who gave the uh, gave a uh, a rousing performance um v uh who did you choose uh for me it was this is hard that's got a very strong cast um as much as i like uh koji yoshiko as shinzaimon uh yusuke isaya as kiga just like once he popped up in the movie he's just so charismatic that and like so fun to watch he steals every scene he's in yeah um, I, uh, I'm, I'm in, inclined to agree. Uh, uh, how about you, Joey? Yep. That's three for three. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he totally is the, the bright spot, uh, for me. Like, like I said, that was my favorite part of the movie was him guiding them around. And, um, you know, he's, he's obvious to compare to, uh, to Shiro Mifune and Seven Samurai and, he serves a lot of those same functions that kind of like rescue the movie from being too dour and too, you know, serious. Like he cuts through the whole samurai self-importance thing by constantly mocking them and saying, you know, pointing out uh, what the audience might be thinking about uh, the flaws in their system and stuff. And uh, he's just kind of fun to watch bounce around amongst (laughs) all these very serious guys, you know, and even his fight scenes are good because of how differently he like, there's all kinds of acrobatic tumbling and he's bonking Mm -hmm. people in the head. It's very different from everybody else. Yeah. He's got that sling uh, with the rocks in it. (laughs) So so let's, I, 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 well, before I I get to my runners up, because I have a couple runners up, Mm -hmm. uh, is he a yokai? Is he a ghost? Uh, what's what's the deal with Kiga? Because <laughs> he definitely got a sword in the neck, uh, and then later on, uh, it's not there anymore. Um, uh, Shinrokuro says, "Are you immortal?" Uh, 
and he's, he's, just, he's had worse uh fighting with boars in the woods yeah he's <laughs> yeah he bound and then he bounces away uh he he definitely seems like a a a, a sprightly wood nymph or something like that right like mm-hmm. um uh i'm sure there's a yokai to compare to him right i mean he's not as <clears throat> grotesque as most yokai appear to be right but uh <laughs> but i'm sure that there's a forest spirit that embodies I mean, they what, do ask him if he's a tanuki like yeah uh, that's yeah Right at the very beginning, uh, which yeah. he seems insulted by. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he's a fox then. <laughs> which, oh, like yeah. my my first thought when he after I did my double take when he shows back up was like. I had thought maybe when they first found him before he explained he was a bandit, that he was going to be some kind of like Yamabushi, just like a mountain mystic, mm-hmm. um, which he's, he doesn't read as because he doesn't seem mystical. He's just this like weird dirty guy out in the woods um but the the bizarre like flashback scene that we get to i'm afraid i can't remember her name his upashi uh yeah upashi the boss's daughter that he got in trouble for touching um like there's the scene of her in front of a waterfall eating something red from between her legs that it's mm-hmm. I, I didn't go back and freeze frame because I didn't really want to. It's a very Whether that's thing to do from like way. from is a fruit or something grosser. Like upon reflection of that, I don't think he's he's obviously some kind of supernatural creature, but I would lead more towards like some kind of lesser Kami that was hanging out in the woods and got cast down for fucking up the order hmm. yeah uh also the way he tells that story too seems like a ghost story like it seems like we're in the middle of it like that's you know he's here's my here's my yokai uh origin story basically <laughs> i don't know he's a very interesting character um uh but my runner-up i think um my my runner up I, I would say is probably Matsukata. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's he really uh brings a, a gravitas to 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 whatever scene he's in. Um I also uh, I also think that Hir- Hirayama was pretty cool. Uh, it's uh Tsuyoshi Ihara's character. Uh he, you know, he's kind of stoic, but he's also the um I guess he's the more experienced uh sword fighter. Uh he he covers that trope. Um, I think he's the guy who uh, cuts the guy in two who's on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought right. that was a really cool scene. Uh, I, I thought that was staged really well. Um, but yeah, Matsukata, I think, is my uh, is my my runner up because nice. he's, he's really yeah, cool. Like I said, everybody, even even the characters that have very little to work with, like the whole mm-hmm. cast is really good when they have their moments to shine. Yeah, I did write down he, Higuchi and Hiyoki, who are uh, respectively played by uh Yuma Ishigaki and Sosuke Takaoka. Uh, those are the, the guys who are complaining about the leeches. And then they have a fun little scene where they're fighting guys together. And then uh, one of them dies with what well, like gets a spear through him and mm-hmm. starts flailing around dying. Uh, but I, I, I like, I like that they paired the two of them together through various scenes of the movie. Um, just not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my, my runner up uh, is actually, um, Hanbei's actor, which I don't, I lost my cast list. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, because he he, there's a lot. He 
does so much like just facial acting and the way he talks where he's obviously like upset about this whole situation and like knows that his boss is a monster to the point where I was almost certain by the end of the movie, he was going to kill him himself. Like he was going to have a change of heart and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is just so dedicated to the code that he refuses to. And just like the agony in his face throughout the movie until that final confrontation, when he just gets like righteous fury at Shinzaimon for betraying everything that he thought they were, they were in together with. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he just does a, as my, I guess my tertiary pick, uh, does a great job. Yeah. All right. Uh, Congratulations, recipients. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you may come up to the stage to pick up your diploma and we'll mail you the real one in a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, and I just want to throw out if people want more good uh, Hiroki Matsukata uh, content, uh, look up his duet with Beat Takeshi uh, with a song called I'll Be Back Again. Oh, Lord. It's, uh, it's 80s-tastic and very good. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, all right. Uh, does that... That round everything out. Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I think I need to watch this again before I can really compare it to uh, to Seven Samurai. I th- the Seven Samurai has a lot that's very strong about it, and the the depth of characters you can go into with having a more compact cast list. Um, I think is the, just the writing in it in that aspect is why I think it's a stronger movie um, mm-hmm. because it still does have really strong action scenes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, this was just so much fun. And like I said, it reminded me of those like world war two movies that I like. So yeah, the, uh, uh, I will, I will say that seven samurai is a better movie. Um, I do like it better than this movie. Um, but one thing I will say is that I really love the action in this movie. Uh, all the Chanbra stuff I think is really well done. Um, and I want to watch more movies like that. Uh, Takashi Miike also said that uh, he was sort of trying to stray away from um, uh, having a love story, which is something that modern Chanbra tends to do. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, my, my my big takeaway from this is that it makes me really want to see the 1963 version because mm-hmm. I think that'll be kind of more up my alley. So Yeah, I, I do. I would like to watch that at some point and see where, uh, where the differences and similarities lie. And I do wonder how similar uh, that one is uh, one-to-one to Seven mm-hmm. Samurai. But they're different movies. They're not based on <laughs> Seven Samurai. <laughs> not a remake. Uh, of Seven Samurai, but uh, just the same. We uh, we have similarities. Uh, v, what have we got cooking for next episode? For next episode, uh, we're watching Ugetsu. I think our first Kenji Mizuguchi movie. Who's um, a titan of Japanese film? We haven't really talked about much. Yeah. Um, it is a uh, it is another period piece, but this one is uh, explicitly a ghost story. All right, we nice. haven't done one of those in a while. Not since probably not since quite on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing this. And uh, it's available streaming on I think HBO Max, and you can rent it on Amazon. 
great. Excellent. Great, great, great. Uh, if it's on HBO Max, that means it's probably on the Criterion channel as well. I have not checked yet, but I'm hoping so because I don't want to have to pay to rent it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, well, uh, with that, we'll get to plugs. Uh, v, since you were the last person to talk, you go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Um, I'm learning guitar, so that's fun. That's talk to me great. about guitar stuff. Because my nice. wife is sick of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure she's sick of hearing it too. Not so much. Uh, just just hearing I'm, me talk about it. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to <laughs> give you a little joshing. Uh, <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me at dude exclamation on Twitter. Uh, all one word. Um, Super Art Fight is back. By the way, it's uh, we're in our second season of doing our online stuff. So every Saturday on twitch.tv slash Super Art Fight, please check that out. I have a new character that I have debuted. Your uncle Al. Yes, right. He's everybody's <laughs> uncle. He's very fun. Um, I've also been putting more art on uh, my Twitter, so uh, please enjoy that as well. Uh, and of course, listen to me on the One Piece podcast every week. Um, if you subscribe to our Patreon, listen to Force, Force to Watch Four Kids, our uh, exploration into the Four Kids dub of One Piece. And, uh, and with that, I'm going to throw it to you, Joey. Okay, folks can follow me on Twitter at Joey Weiser or Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, where I've been posting a good amount of art lately too. I've been uh, trying my hand at drawing digitally and with a big uh, request thread where people are asking me to draw their favorite characters from film. I just drew Goro from Tom Popo uh, for, for our friend Casey uh, and, you know, Pokemon and snakes and swords and all sorts of stuff. So uh, yeah, check that out. And please, 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 uh, and now it has been announced that uh, later this year in June, uh, my next book will be hitting stores called Dragon Racer. Uh, now is a great time to pre-order that because pre-ordering helps a lot. Um, it helps other folks see uh, the, the book and it, it helps my uh, publisher see that my book is selling and stuff like that. So. Uh, if you've read Ghost Hog, uh, the characters from that are in Dragon Racer. But if you haven't read Ghost Hog, no problem. Dragon Racer is perfectly self-contained and you don't need to read one to enjoy the other. Um, and yeah, so please check that out as well as my other graphic novels, Ghost Hog and the Merman series. And um, as for the show, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Toho Yaro. That's a great place to um, ask us to cover movies or recommend guests that you'd like to hear on the show. Um, and uh, that's where we will tweet about um, our upcoming episodes and any Japanese movie news. Uh, there's some uh, there's going to be a big uh, Japanese film fest in in February coming up so you can keep your eyes out for us talking about that on there and uh, you can like us on Facebook and message us there if you'd prefer uh, or email us to hoyara at gmail.com and uh, as always please rate uh, and review and subscribe on all the places where you listen to podcasts we'd really appreciate it and uh, check us out next episode for Ugetsu